This week on the Push Relays podcast, we talk holidays, we explain loads of personal training systems, and it's Win Place Show, your favorite condiment. Three, two, one, it's Calippo time, Dan. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And me, Tom Hall. Did we have to did you do that on purpose? That it was a yeah, kind of I just, I just <laughs> have to change I just have to make it a bit different because I feel like people just get too comfortable. They, just, they need mate. something different. They need something different, you know? So yeah, thought I'd go with a bit of a longer one. And I'm really confused as to why you mentioned clippers in any way, shape or form, but <laughs> you have, so that's no, normally the uh, the words before that, that start is something from a conversation or yeah. But I just had a clippo, so it was on my mind. So. Ah, okay, cool, yeah. <laughs> so the uh, Twisters are back, mate. Oh, Twisters. Mate, so, they're such good ice cream. They are, but also, but the Calippos have gone a bit twistery. So... Yeah, I saw they had one. a mini I, I Calippo with, yeah. like, a mixture of strawberry. I guess it's strawberries and cream. So I bought them, and uh, they're 80 calories per one. Um, and, yeah, they, it's like having, like, frozen, creamy frozen yogurt with sorbet. Yeah, it, it is. These, pr- it is good. Yeah, well, they're a little bit small, but meh. Well, it's yeah, eight, eight calories. Going to be for eighty odd calories. Yeah. Um, so, but the but size, yeah, no. the size, like at least as much as a mini twister, right? Mini twister is about 50, 60 calories. Yeah, I think it's like seventy four. I think. Yeah, the mini something one. like that. So, nerds, no exact calories. So, well, that jobs weirdos or anything. But yeah, yeah. That, that does bring it into an interesting discussion because it is full on like it's hot in England. If anybody's uh, oh, this noticed. is full on fucking heatwave. Yeah, I know. Like it's going to be like twenties plus, bordering like twenty eight here, like the yeah, middle of next week, I think, or this week. Um, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's still sunny outside. It is half past eight in the evening. It's mental. Um, yeah, loving it. But yeah, it's full on ice cream season and yeah. barbecue season. I guess, which is which well is in England, they're the, they're the same because yeah. you know, we never get any, we never get a, the chance to do either. So whenever it's even remotely sunny, it's like ice cream, flip flops, vests. Let's go. <laughs> um, so, yeah. so yeah, I think what so in in your your like freezer, what's the first uh, low calorie? Let's go low calorie first. Ice cream to buy. Um. Well, tw- I usually go. Tw- yeah, Twisters are usually you the one. Twisters. Like. So we're, and t- I we're am talking like partial to mini milks. I'm partial to a mini milk. Ooh, yeah. I do like a mini milk. Um, and obviously Isabel would love them. So that they're the you know, they're exactly. the go tos for us. Um, so yeah, they're the two that I would go with, I think. Yeah, yeah I think there's obviously people scre- screaming at us going, Hello top. It's not like it's not snacky ice cream. No, we're talking like the ice cream <laughs> with a stick or something. Like on a like. stick, lolly based. Yeah, so yeah. you can buy in a multi pack, right? FYI, yeah. Hello Top's like four quid right now in Tesco. Um, but nice. still doesn't warrant to buy it personally. Um, no, not for you, mate, because you can me. eat whatever you're eating. So I'm on I'm on two and a half thousand calories right now, mate. Um, oh, peasant! <laughs> oh, mate, I was fucking. I'm bulking on that. <laughs> I'm dropping like dropping like a fucking stone, mate. It's ridiculous. About 15 days in, I've dropped 2.4 kilos, something like that, on two and a half thousand calories. I'm pretty good. I've gone over twice. That's good. But I did. (laughs) Been good. It's been all right. I'm there till I think I go away like 29th of June. 
I've got a while. We'll see what happens. I'll look tiny, even smaller than I do now. But yeah, or fat. I just realised I've not had a holiday. Oh yeah. I haven't got one planned all year either. So I'm going on holiday, that's why. Um, yeah. It's good yeah. to go away, mate. Don't worry. I'll come down. I'll come down to I think class. It's hard though. I think I think being I think being self employed is hard to um yeah. to, to get into that mindset of taking that time off. Like I do think it's something that a lot of people struggle with. I'm sure there's a lot of PTs listening as well. Um, I feel like if I go away on holiday that I'm letting my clients down. And that's not like I know it's not a rational thought, like everyone deserves a holiday, but I think there's always an element of, of it that you feel like you shouldn't. I don't know. It feels very strange. Like if I was to plan a holiday, like I, I've, I've thought about planning one, and I would go from – I do my clients' stuff on like Wednesday, Thursday, so I'd, I'd go Thursday night through to Monday or Tuesday, and I'd be back for my clients. But I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I should – I don't know. Like, I don't think that's the way to look at it because – No, I don't think it is, but no. it's, it's hard though. It's hard to get out of that mindset of – I don't know. You just, you just stress about it. But then that means you need a holiday more because you're stressed more. And it's <laughs> well, hopefully clients will realise that probably you've only got 48 contact weeks a year and you are due. Even if, because obviously when you're employed, you, you probably have that off anyway. They're at least like 20 days, right? That's yeah, American. Americans are 20 days, we're 28. But like even, eight days even Christmas, holidays, so. like, even Christmas I find it, but again, bank holidays, I never take them off. Like, And I just... I'm really Christ- clear. Christmas I will take bank holiday off. <laughs> yeah, it's it's like Christmas is easier to kind of go. Look, I'm off from this date to this date. But again, even then, I take the minimal amount possible. It's it's really hard mindset to get out of. I know we've gone on a tangent here, but I thought it'd be interesting because <laughs> I'm sure there's people listening who are. It's an interesting fact because I guess we're coming from two different models as well. So interesting for like PTs that are in either my model where I'm nearly like 95 percent one to one and booking people in that way, and my holidays. I think we used to have a little bit more. So, if you work in a gym like I do, we used to have a little bit more of a culture of passing your clients on to people whilst you're away. Don't really happen as much anymore. Maybe because like skill sets have changed um, a little bit more, and then pricing's changed um, depending on what not quality of PT experience of personal trainer, I guess, or trainer what you're paying for. But that doesn't really happen. So, what your clients are meant to do is either just train themselves, have a week off. This is where I plan deload weeks and. Well, if they need a deal a week, or I tell them to fucking come in anyway and just train um, because it's out of their, it's in their diary anyway. So why do they need to fill it with something else? That's what I take to a couple of people. I won't tell them that I'm going away till the last minute. And like, if it's, I've given you more than 24 hours notice, you're fine, but your week's already planned out. So you're definitely coming in. Um, So it's interesting, but when I take a holiday, because obviously I'm self employed as well, um, I don't know. I see. I just feel like I treat it as any other time, but I, I am very, uh, I don't know, aware that I'm not earning as much money. Obviously, not earning the money. Obviously, I would have recuperated or whatever and planned ahead, but I'm not earning the money that I would whilst I'm away. I have retainer fees, whatever, recurring income. That's fine, but that's not the same. It's not my bread and butter, like my main wage. So yeah, I think, I think it's. I think it's because with us, like they pay obviously our clients pay like monthly, monthly right? amount. So, and within that, there is obviously a written thing to say, look, your coach is going to take four weeks holiday a year. Yeah. But when I realized since I've started how much holiday I've actually taken, it's just nowhere near it. And like, I don't know, I think it's an important thing. I think I saw a video, a Sukpa video, a really good video. Again, shock horror, he puts out loads of good videos. <laughs> um, and it was about like looking after yourself as a business owner because you're the only person, like I'm, <clears throat> I'm the person that brings the money in. So I need to look after myself kind of thing. And 
I don't know. It's, it's dawned on me recently that I just don't. I don't take time off. I don't do well taking time off. Like even if I'm away, I'd still probably check my emails, and I just think it's a really bad cycle to get into. I tend uh, to check my emails when I'm away, but I tend not to answer them. I just flag the ones that I need to answer, and then that's it. Yeah, I tend. Yeah. It's just nothing to get worked up about. I just I flag them and then come back to them. But yeah, yeah. it's just sort of anyway. That's just. But a, it, I think it would. But on the flip side of that checking your emails or whatever it would it stress you out more not checking them than checking i don't know i've never not i've never tried not <laughs> i think that would be check them, you know? crazy it's not like because you you're not gonna be one of those people that switches your phone off and be like no i'm gone for seven days 100 percent no you use your phone too much so yeah I'm literally on it news whatever bam going through i think that'd be the wrong thing to do but yeah it's an interesting take i think yeah. you, you probably need to chill Relax. If you're mm. self-employed, don't. I, I think you shouldn't worry that much about it. But I don't think you, all your clients are going to run away from you because you're gone for a week. <laughs> Obviously, if you're an online model, um, you're not an online model, Dan, but an on, on the online. I think. Do you know what I think it is? I think it's from the whole the view of like online training as being some kind of like you know people say like oh you can do it on the beach. It's like we'll see what you're on holiday. And like no, I'm not on holiday. I'm never on holiday. Like I don't go and sit on the fucking beach and do my work um yeah i think it's just that perception maybe that because it's because you're online that you're one of those fucking knobheads who pretends that they sit on a beach with a laptop and the reality is actually you don't and and who by the way who wants to sit on a beach on your laptop it's not what you want to do when you're on the beach <laughs> no exactly it's uh no, productivity I, I, would be terrible it's just a funny one isn't it i just think it's a, it's a funny old industry but um, you wouldn't be on holiday as well if you're on your laptop on the beach so it's not on holiday you're not constantly you're still working so that's just their office um, yeah, which is fine. But yeah, interesting take, mate. In- interesting tangent. Um, I know. I, I just I realised that when you said then you were obviously dying for your holiday, and I was just like, I can't remember the last time I had a holiday, <laughs> which is quite depressing, isn't it? But never mind. I know. Even when you were away on uh, celebrity training, um, you were still working. Yeah, right? exactly. So. It's exactly. It's not holiday. It's like you're. I'm there. I'm working. You know. So it's um, when I do the hashtag celebrity training, it's uh, it's a nice break from like the normal routine of things. And to go to nice places, but it's still work. Like you still have to be up at a certain time, and you have to be doing all your jobs or whatever. And it's yeah, I can't. Like I said, like I think last holiday I went there was Cornwall. When was that? That was last year. That was June, July, maybe last year, August last year, maybe something like that. Mm. Um, I you know I can't even fucking remember what that was. Actually, I'm going to find out <laughs> what that was. Um, well, I guess the systems you'd have to put in place from, and I guess I don't know as well. Do you feel like obviously I don't think this would happen, but if you left for a week to two weeks and didn't post anything online would you feel like you were letting followers down would you be no it's not the followers really it's more um and i know that if i speak to my clients they would say you're a fucking idiot go on holiday i know they would like i'm not like i'm not again i know that that's not the point it's just a very weird conundrum i don't know i don't know see my holiday was on the first of september i went away last time i went away and before that I hadn't been away. Fucking hell. Oh my god. I hadn't been away. Not even the year before that. Barely went away. July. Yeah. It's mad, isn't it? Like, I just, yeah, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> anyway, so there you go, guys. Just a little insight into my Dan world. Dan like going on holidays. Um, I love going on holidays. <laughs> um, uh, and I just realised, I think for me, I always just want to catch up on sleep. 
that's all I want to do when I go away on holiday. Yeah, I know what you mean. I just yeah. feel that all I do is sleep, and I just have that feeling of like I sleep loads, but then I don't ever feel recovered, and I just sleep for like I sleep the whole time. <laughs> um, but anyway, what we're talking about today? Fair Tom, enough. Was- um, yeah, we turned it off. Um, we got a, f- a few things written down, but when not Dan's like, oh, I don't know what to talk about. Um, he talks enough but fucking bullshit on his uh, Instagram stories, though, doesn't he? Jesus Christ! I, w- I did take a screenshot of of you. I don't know if it was today. Mate, I talk. Mate, my stories are a source was of it? great, valuable information. <laughs> no, yeah, because it was this one. It was five. No, it was a. Watched, you watched it from today, just now. Twenty twelve forty six. So I, I, I'm not going to count up, but mate, how how uh, how many are on there? How oh many, yeah, how I many little dashes are that? Yeah, you know it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I think that must have been when you. I don't know. I just got you wearing the same hoodie that he's recording with. So definitely today. Um, yeah, mate. Mate, a you lot, should look at the. Um, of, you should look at what I've just posted, mate. Oh, it's probably about me. I don't know. Just saying. Um, say. <laughs> right. So we've got uh, what I thought would be interesting to talk about. Um, snore is going to be training systems, movement uh, systems, and screening systems. Um, just for like PTs and people who uh, kind of. I think they'd rather talk about me going on holidays. <laughs> I realise we don't always do educational content every week, mate, so we might as well dip in, you know, mm. where, where we came from, stick to our roots, right? Like everything um, that comes out of our mouth is educational. I don't know where you're getting that from, mate. It's our, it's our anecdotal experience, to be honest, because we're just going to name a load of fucking training systems and say what we think of them, really, um, yeah. and what they are, and what people can go and look at if they're really interested in that kind of training, because... Believe it or not, when Dan was actually in a gym, he used to like read up on stuff and get like interactive about stuff like PRI, FMS, Gray Institute, Kinstretz, all this kind of rubbish. And probably right now he'd be like, what the hell are they? Is that not like, it's just time and attention, mate. Or, you just lift it, bro. You just lift it. Right. Like, stop, stop reading into all this horse shit. Uh, yeah. But anyway, but us real PTs on the floor... <laughs> hashtag grinding um, actually it, have to going into war going into battle <laughs> there are like 6am like troopers that are there um, yeah, but God, up, if anybody's in my area uh, like around Surrey Cree there's, pers- there's a trainer who like whilst I'm walking to work bless him uh, like 6 o'clock in the morning training on Surrey Quay dock in the pissing cold sometimes just with like bands and like a bike around there I, I'd never be able to do that but well done. Hats off, mate. Hope you're getting paid well for that. Um, yeah. Just I'll just make them run, and I'd sit there with a coffee, to be honest. I sit there with a coffee with most of my clients, so um, that's a true story. So we've got some training systems that I wanted to kind of split it up, and then within a guess whether Dan knows what they are, I think <coughs> that would be more fun. Um, and whether... So they're a training system, a movement system, a screening system, and... If we know the founders, then we know. If not, then we don't. Okay, and we'll say what they are, what what you can go look at, and if there are any interest to you, whether we had any interest in doing them. So I'll start off with a nice, easy one because, believe it or not, Dan is a master's in philosophy and wrote his uh, his dissertation about this. The FMS. What's that, Dan? Oh, it's a load of horseshit. Uh, functional, <laughs> uh, functional movement screen was yeah, by Gray Cook, uh, and Lee Burton was the guy who did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did my um, my master's thesis around the movement screen uh, did, and the yeah. reliability of it. it to me as well. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the reliability of it and the implications of it for you know uh, elite football populations. Yeah. Um, yeah, basically, it's 
kind of useful but basically you're only as good as the um, person that's testing it and if they're pretty shit at it then there's no point doing it basically it's yeah. quite a nice little movement it's... thing but it's more about making money for people that designed it than anything else yeah i think so i think the common misconception about the, the fms is people think it predicts injuries um mm-hmm. so if you've got like twos everywhere and then if somebody gets like a zero on something then they're more likely to get injured there the FMS, yeah um, and they they bag on about it like the people who created it, like it doesn't predict injury, but then the like researchers saying, "Oh, it, it's that's what you're saying it does. It doesn't predict injury." Basically, the problem with it was that the research they did was they did it alongside. So they did it with the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which is an NFL football yeah. team. Um, Good knowledge, man. and they they did. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> they did. Um, basically, they kind of took two groups. They had one group who performed the FMS uh, alongside their training. Um, and they didn't have a control group. They just basically said those people that had higher scores in the FMS basically got less injured. Good, and it was point. like, yeah, yeah brilliant. <laughs> and it was like, so these guys that scored on the FMS were obviously good movers, right? But they were still doing their weight training alongside it. So they probably meant that they were squatting full range with weight. They were doing all these drills with weight. Um, and the guys who couldn't move probably weren't doing full range movements with weights. So, my argument was, well, actually, is it the FMS that predicts it, or is it just the fact that these guys just can't fucking move, um, and they're not training hard, and they're not performing in the weights room, like to then mean that they're becoming resilient to injury? Um, it was just all a bit kind of shambolic, really, because they were doing it all alongside a, a training plan. So then the next phase was they then took these guys who were really shit at it, and they put them through a... Um, a program to, to correct them, the corrective exercises. And the corrective exercises were put in alongside their S&C program. Brilliant. Wonderful. So <laughs> is it the fact that they were just stronger, increased range of motion at their hip, maybe they were getting stronger because of it. They used some stretches and all that sort of stuff. Okay, great. But then it was actually the S&C program that, performed, that they performed that actually made them stronger and fitter that meant they were less injury prone. And it was just a bit of a like, come on, like this is not really a study. Um, so basically, yeah, my thesis just basically tore up part into all these sort of studies and limitations in the mall and was just like look you can't predict uh injury with it and it was basically just a way for gray cook to make some money <laughs> i mean like i think the way to look at it if you're if you're a new pt within maybe and i say that in the first two to three years of personal training um i would say do it or read up on it i don't think there's any point getting qualified in it um i definitely mm-hmm. learn how to there's plenty of videos of learning how to do it there's what is there about eight the eight tests, eight movements, I think. Seven. Seven. Okay, sorry, I probably added one in. Needed more. Um, the base, the kind of test nearly everything movement-wise. They give you a rough idea whether the um, whether the person can move. Obviously, it scored from zero pain. Uh, one, meh, couldn't really do it. Two, need a bit of coaching. Um, bit shaky. And then three, like nailed it. These are all done on like either range of motions that's, or that's, stability. That's the legit. That's the legit scoring scale, by the way. That yeah. is the Tom said. That was that's it. Like <laughs> that's yeah. a rationale. To be it's, it's um, one one that they couldn't complete the movement. Two, they completed their movement, but with compensation. And three was they completed the movement. But what so about like, but what about the athlete scratch test? That's a legit like measurement. Basically, yeah, no, and that is so. Basically, you get you get ranges of one, two, and three based on how far apart your hands yeah, are. But, um, but again, it, it's one of, that's the only one. Like the rest of them, and 
basically like everyone scores a two pretty much it's pretty just much a bit everyone. like i mean like got, what's the fucking point you've like? got like straight leg raises which you men to go from like 70 to 90 degrees something like that it's a three or like plus 80 or something yeah. like that which is fine but yeah it's all just done on visuals it's done on like if your ankle yeah. goes past your knee and it's like well what happens if you've got long femurs you know and all this sort of stuff it was just a bit like come on this is just but a these bit. Are, yeah this is where you get nitty-gritty so and I basically think... they, they they decided that basically if you got twos across the board um, if you scored 14, 14 or higher, yeah. you were considered good mover. Good mover. And I was like, well, that's pathetic because if someone scores a one on any of them, it just means they can't perform movement, which means that, yeah, they probably can't move. But it was just a bit, I mean, it wasn't. So the, the, the issue with that as well, so the way you could do, you could do twos across the board. So seven exercises, twos, 14. And then you, you could take somebody who scored threes on every single one, but on one test scored a zero with pain so according to that my score is higher but surely then they're an injury prone athlete because they've got one thing that they cannot do and it induces pain but therefore but their movement is higher than the 14 yeah so so any score of zero means that they 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 score zero yeah like it means that they just yeah their score doesn't count that's not how how it was explained by one of the founders though in a, a few oh, really? weeks ago, I yeah, thought... he was he was explaining that this person would be an injury, so injury risk. So it was very odd. Um, but I guess even with that, that'd be a one, right? If somebody was a one, and you could still convert that, it'd still be a higher score with the rest of them threes. But is that person more of a risk, or is they a worse mover than the twos? So yeah, mm. interesting. Man. But I think as a standard tool, fine to use. Um, there are plenty of big companies that use it. Um, and that's the thing. I think it's good for churning through a lot of people. You have to get a little bit more personal um, when you're doing one-to-one yeah. clients. I know you don't, to, you don't need to buy all the kit though. That's the thing. It's like that's what, <laughs> no, it's you like, don't. You spend five hundred quid on the kit. It's like, well, hang on, they're just doing a squat and a lunge and an aptly scratch test. It's yeah, like just take the bare bones of it and do it yourself. Doing like for some odd reason, I still don't understand. They do an overhead squat assessment, but they make them stand on a heel raise straight away. Don't, I don't. I still don't get that. Um, obviously, there's another uh, system that does it differently, which I agree with. But yeah, I still don't quite get that. But it's it's all right. Learn it, then take bits that you like. I mean, I've taken the push up like assessment. Um, I'll quite happily do that, um, but with slightly modified, so not with it like crazily above your head, actually at your fucking collarbone. So um, yeah, it's all right. Go learn it if you're new PT. Um, we're not getting endorsed by the uh, FMS, by the way, from the back of that review. <laughs> No. Um, but quite cool um, so the NACM assessments so this is I think I'll just go straight in with the overhead squat assessment so this is the NACM basically do the underactive overactive um, stuff so this is another movement system movement screen assessment so they, they really their main one is the overhead squat and they will look at every single kind of so they do the Mike Boyle like down the joint by joint, so you've got mobile, stable joints, and then you—that's how you assess. You go through um, different planes of motion, looking at joint by joint, and you've got an overhead reach test and basically a squat assessment combined into two. And on the back of what you see, on so through different planes of motion, um, so different points of view. Sorry, so you've got your frontal, like lateral, and posterior views. Right, I should should say anterior, frontal. Posterior, mm. um, and depending on what you see at ankle, knee, hip, valgus, varus, like shift, asymmetrical shifts, whatever, you have an underactive score or underactive like stuff and possible 
possible muscle groups that could be underactive, possible muscle groups that could be overactive, and correctives. And that is the table. Um, it's pretty good. I think it's actually all right. But it just doesn't give you like a timeline. It's kind of like, all right, just go do this, beat it as much as you can. You might get there. Uh, it mm. doesn't really do any strength correctives, which I go into. But again, as a tool, I think it's better as the underactive, overactive tool. Um, it's all right. NSM squat assessment. Don't know. You've used that, then, Surely, overhead squat stuff. Don't think so. No. no. The oh. National Academy of Sports Medicine. Not used yeah. that stuff. <laughs> ah, name dropping. Big spot. Oh, well, I, you you were trolling me before about seeing if I knew this sort of thing. <laughs> I, I know it. I'm I'm saying it. Yeah. Um, all right. This is one that I guess. So another one. Within it, these are all movement screens, really movement systems. Um, this is one that I'm sorry if anybody does this, but we're we're kind of clouded in one view. I think of one trainer who does it a hell of a lot, and I just find it quite funny. Um, a lot of their movements sometimes, especially when it was brand new into the gym, and I hadn't really seen much of it. It's legit. It's fine. But the Gray Institute. Do you mm. remember this, Dan? Gary Gray. Gary Gray. So there's a lot of... He's done a shit ton of videos, and he's got his own institute and all this stuff. It's just about movements, and basically sling patterns of movement. So how uh, like a myofascial sling would correspond from your right shoulder to your left hip, and how you walk is a contralateral pattern. Um, so opposite sides. That is like what a sling pattern should be, and how you... F- we're not only going to like... Who's the fucking Naudi? Like this fucking slinging shit about. Um, essentially that, but a little bit more in depth. Um, but yeah, there's lots of like steps and lunges and twists and stuff like that to kind of like, it looks like you're just kind of greasing a groove as you rotate. This is not bodybuilding whatsoever. Um, and you can like load, you can kind of load it to go into loaded stretching as well, but it's all dynamic. Mm. There's not much like static work at all. In the Gray Institute, it looks quite funny. Um, there's not much assessment as far as I can see. It's all very dynamic assessment. So I prefer a little like range of motion testing um, where I can slow it down and visually see. I think it's very hard to slow somebody down when they're going through like lateral lunges into like rotations and stuff because um, you want them to hit the end of the range. But interesting. Any thoughts? I think you, you must have, um, well, no, a guy called Tony, you must have seen him do this stuff. Was he, yeah, is he, he not the guy? Does he not do a lot of um, like the golfers? Yeah, like, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Golfers and the rotations and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Go look at it. Um, it feels nice when you do it, but I don't know much about it. If I'm really honest, I never it really never really grabbed me because I can't. My my only uh, thing from it, I haven't seen many results from the people who use the system. So, mm. or not been like, oh shit, yeah, that person's clearly got better there. I've not seen anything like that, whereas I have with others. So that's my only flaw. Um, yeah, then you got stuff that's come in prevalence now, mate. It's kin stretch, and kind of into that is functional range conditioning. You've ever heard of these? Even in your little bubble now? Okay. No, mate, not heard of that. That sounds like voodoo. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually quite like these. Um, this is about. Um, so you might have seen on my Instagram at some point, um, I've talked about um, pails and rails contractions and cars. So it's controlled articular rotations is a cars. Um, basically, you're, imagine you're just going to rotate your hip in, in any kind of position 
all the way around and giving you all the articulations of your hip basically mm. as much as you can and you'd very slowly control that trying to contract nearly everything around that hip and then you would hold maybe onto like a piece of equipment and then you would it's called irradiation so you'd squeeze up as hard as you can in every other part of your body to open up that hip movement um it does start to work it's by dr andrew spina if uh, you've heard of that name pretty cool um but, and then you got that's functional range conditioning and a little bit of kin stretch and then you got pairs on it so it's progressive angular isometric loading is a that's just basically a, this is fancy pnf if i'm going to be honest mm. um basically what it is and squeezing up at certain places it's quite funny you might have seen a video of me doing a load of this shit with uh, my trainers and making them like hurt and cramp up but yeah basically that kind of stuff i like it go look it up um it's a little bit more plausible in my head than the next one which is pri what do you heard know of PRI? <laughs> you've heard of that one right yeah can you imagine if that actually like was legit i mean yeah if what, if what do you know from the outside kind of looking in mate um obviously i've got a clouded view but what have you seen of pri um I think it's one of those things where I think obviously there's there's an element to it whereby the so way P- that PRI is the Postural Restoration Institute. Yeah, the way that we <laughs> breathe can can potentially affect things like range of motion based on our tightness and our general overall whole body kind of yeah tight, I, tightness is the only word you could probably use and that potentially by breathing properly and relaxing that you can maybe alleviate some of that temporarily um the problem with it of course like that we've talked about before on on the podcast is is just temporary like how do you how do you then sort of like use that or implement that into like sport and performance like you can't really do it it's just not gonna happen um so i think it's a nice little trick and it's a nice little thing to show that you can manipulate the body, you know, but doing certain things. But other than that, I just can't see it being a long-term solution to anything even remotely related to movement. And again, it's one of those things where, okay, let's say someone says, Oh, I've been doing this PRI stuff and I'm increasing my range of motion at my hip. It's like, okay. But then alongside that, I'm also doing RDLs and squats and I'm really improving my overall conditioning. And I'm also eating more protein and I'm walking more and I'm more active and I'm losing weight. It's like, okay, if the PRI is the thing that makes you do all that other stuff, that's all the other stuff is the stuff that's leading to your results probably. Um, so it's just that whole thing, isn't it? Um, I just think it's, I mean, I totally agree, mate. Um, in terms of there's one more, there's just stick mobility, um, which has kind of come in quite big now. Um, but, I've seen that. I saw that at body power. Yeah, it's interesting. I do like it, but it's basically moving around a stick. If I'm honest. Yeah, I was like, um, so you're just holding a stick and stretching. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> stretch without the stick, or have a wall to lean on. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, which is it, it's, it looks it's quite cool just because the the stick's like big and fluorescent and fucking bends shit loads. Um, it looked like one of those, um, you know, like the old. Oh, I don't know what is it like samurai? Like, I don't know. Like they used to like fight <laughs> this sort of shit. Like you know, like the whole big things, big sticks they used to fight with. Basically, like a taekwondo stick, isn't it? Like, That's what I'm taekwondo. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. those big fucking things. <laughs> they, they, they like one of those when I saw it. <laughs> and you were like, "Let me have a go," and then you and Mike just started like kind of lightsaber battles, just straight oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, I think 
what you got to look at. So those ones that I've just mentioned, so Stick Mobility, Kinstrex, PRI, Gray Institute stuff, are all systems that you can implement after doing your assessments. So your screening protocols like your FMS, your NSCM, or kind of that, or range yeah. of motion testing, or just fucking make up your own. If you're going to program the same shit, then just just assess those things. Um, just make them do them at a really regressed level. Shock what my assessments are. Um, but those are means to an end. So those are your like warm-up, prehab, mobility drills, foam roll here in this section, please, whilst you're programming. And then go yeah. do your real shit. That's from my opinion. Um, you can blast me if you like. But yeah, like, <laughs> like what Dan said, if I've got somebody doing some what pails and rails contractions or whatever... But this is this is an insight to who uses this kind of shit. So I know um, kin stretch and FRC training is actively used by uh, Crazy Performance quite a lot. They quite like it, which I, gives it for me a little bit more credibility because they're decent decent uh, SNC system. Um, they don't use as much PRI. They don't use any Gray Institute, which is fine, but. Um, so I've looked in, into it from that area, but they still go away and do all their fucking like banded assisted like RDLs and like stretching loading stuff like that, which yeah. is exactly what's making them a better athlete. Um, and it's kind of like the the mobility stability model. You've got to mobilize, and then we're gonna go fucking stabilize in that range, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. On a slightly curveball, there was a guy that was on the Shrug Collective, so Barbell Shrug thing that was talking about like tightness and how lack of mobility is. And he was, he came from the perspective of that your body and your brain is, well, your brain is smarter than your body. So your brain is telling the joint or muscle to be tight for a reason. And it needs to only have that range of motion or be tight like that. And it's meant to be that way for each individual. Mm-hmm. What's your take on that? I mean, it's just like... I felt a little bit wishy-washy. I was yeah, like, it's just I, a bit voodoo isn't it? It's just more so voodoo like, crap, like... It's like, yeah. But we've got, like, an average kind of where we want to kind of be that we know we're not going to get much pain for a skeleton or... Yeah, we're all built slightly differently, but you all kind of want to be a little bit freer. It just feels nice. No. I didn't really agree with... It was, the premise was... Yeah, if you're tight here, there's a reason for it. Yeah, there's a reason because you're fucking sh- sitting like a twat or, yeah, yeah. benching like an idiot. But like, no, but your body's like evolved to be like that. And I was like, nah, it's wishy-washy. All right, gone off on a little bit of a tangent. But yeah, okay, more into training systems. These are Dan, ones that Dan might have actually heard of. Um, so <sighs> feel free to laugh, Poliquin. Oh, fucking next. <laughs> next. All right, um... Juggernaut. I've heard of that one. You heard of that one? Yeah, it's a strength-based system, right? Couldn't tell you what it is. It's just some <laughs> yeah, meathead. Some I think meathead, I it? think you can probably clump these three into like uh, Dan Baker. You can't do that, but like Juggernaut, Westside, Smolov. Yeah. These mm. are all like Wendler. These are all shit that Dan would have done at some point, or or looked at, or not even known he's looking at in terms of rep ranges and strength and kind of strength hypertrophy schemes. You know Wendler, five, the 531. Yeah, I did obviously. that with you. Like, I know, like, exactly. You know that, like, that's one of your go-tos. Yeah. You've got Westside, you've got Smolov, which is like, 
Smoloth is ridiculous. I've never tried that. I've never will hard. try it. Like, it looks ridiculous. Like I've looked at a Smoloth swap program, and off the top of my head, I can't remember what the rep ranges and all the loadings patterns are, but I know it's fucking ridiculous. Um, and you have. I'm not going to say anything about possibly, maybe they've been on gear once you're using these kind of systems. Maybe. Yeah. It's very hard to. You got to be eating all the food. Like unbelievable. Mm. But yeah, these are strength systems. Go look them up. Um, there's one by my Isatel, which is the Renaissance periodization stuff, which I think leads into more of what Dan does, and that's a bodybuilding. Uh, it's more bodybuilding, like prep, also strength. Be interesting for you to look at, mate. So Renaissance periodization, mm. it's quite good. It's just a strength. It's just strength hypertrophy programs, um, basic movements, all that kind of crap. No real systems. These are all just kind of, yeah, training systems, I guess, I think. And then you've got, like, the athletes, athlete performance, exos. Yeah. That kind of moving, bounding, plyos, all that kind of crap. So look into those. You've got the UKCA, CSCS, NC, NSCA. Yeah, there we go. All of those training systems, go look at those. I think that's a good summary, mate. There's a lot of fucking, I don't know, bombs there. If you're a new trainer, that's like gold dust. Go look at the shit you think you can get your head around, basically. That's it. All those places to go and look at. <laughs> I think that is probably the most important thing I can say. If you can get your head around it, use it. If you don't yeah. fucking know, understand what's going on. Example, I've fucking, I've been on a PRI course for two days. Don't understand it. I don't, I can't get my head around what the breathing mechanism, I just for me, it doesn't work. So mm. I don't use it. Um, I use breathing techniques. I realize that can release like my pelvis, but apart from that, don't know what the balloon's for. Don't start sticking sticks in people's mouths. Don't understand it from a neurological point of view. Um, kin stretch. I know what a muscle's doing, so you're all right. Um, yeah, good, mate. Wonderful. Solid um, info, mate, that. Solid info, which led me on to, because some of these are training, really crazy kind of training systems. I think like the West Side and Smolov stuff. Um, within bodybuilding, and I guess this can be for you, mate. Um, I know Boxy likes to kill himself every now and again. I'm sure you do as well. I've trained with you enough. But are there any crazy bodybuilding systems or stuff you've done? I mean, we're speaking of like GVT or I don't know, crazy rep ranges, drop sets, pyramids, anything that you sticks out in your mind that always makes you hurt that the, the listeners can go and do? Or explain um, it, mate. Fuck I it, think... you're, you're, you're a smart guy. Yeah, no, I think, uh, thanks, mate. It's a nice thing you said. Um, I think over, I think over the years of of doing a bit more training, I've kind of realised that it's so, I guess, so fucking pathetic saying this. It's obvious, but it is so individual. So, um, some people, their you know their bodies recover at different rates, different body parts recover at different rates, things like that. So that's one thing. Um, the one thing I do think people do too much is they they do too much volume um and the reason they do too much volume is that they just kind of shotgun it and like let's say that um they do i don't know 30 sets in a session fucking hell it's a big session that but the way that they train is so bad that maybe only 15 of them are actually worthwhile sets whereas what I've learned is you can go in the gym and do 15 top quality sets and come out being absolutely fried. Like the other day I did legs and I did three sets of squats, three sets of RDLs, two sets of single leg leg press, two sets of double leg leg press, um, 
two sets of leg extensions, two sets of hamstring curls, and I was fucked. Like I was gone. Not not that heavy load, nothing that crazy, but focusing on the movement and thinking about, like you say, bodybuilding necessarily, but focusing properly on how to train and you can kill yourself, like absolutely, not literally, but you can walk out there being absolutely fried. And I think there's a lot of people who just do sets on sets on sets and reps on reps on reps, hoping for the best. And they walk out with really bad doms, but actually how good are their sessions and how much quality work have they put into it? So I've learned, um, the more I've done, the more I've learned that it's not about how many sets you're doing. It's about how many quality sets you're doing and then learning to recover from that. Um, and also realizing that actually like a lot of the splits people do are just fucking pointless for a lot of people. So like when I, um, when I program a lot of my clients, like I've just programmed one of my clients listens to the podcast, he's got like a delts and hamstrings day. Like who the fuck would do that? But again, he's got like an upper, lower, upper, lower delts and hamstrings because there is areas he needs to work on. And again, periodizing that plan to make it so that that works means that that's the best thing for him. That's the areas he needs to bring up. And then there's some people who I've done, um, really odd splits for and and again it's more about getting everything in over the course of the week rather than thinking oh I'm doing upper today it's like well someone might not need to do upper they might need to just do more back or do more chest and I think moving away from the whole traditional oh, I'm doing chest and triceps today do you know that sort of thing like realizing that you can actually mix and match these things and that when you're a bodybuilder you don't have to worry too much about the movements and about what muscle groups you're using as much because over the course of the week, you're just trying to hit a certain amount of volume that someone can recover from. Whereas for you, let's say you're doing um, back one day and then the next day you're doing like push movements. You don't want to train your triceps on that back day because you don't want to fatigue your push movements because you'll be weaker on the next day. Whereas for a bodybuilder, if you can actually isolate your chest on the pressing movements, it doesn't really matter if your triceps are a little bit fried because you're still going to work your chest. It's not about using your triceps as an assistance. Yes, they're going to help out a little bit, but actually the main goal of that session is to work your chest. So you might then work more flies or or do other exercises that maybe don't use as much tricep or rely on it as much, or you might use a different range of motion um, that doesn't rely on the triceps. So all these little things come into it and you realize that it's more about the specifics of the program need to be um, specific to bodybuilding and I've learned to not judge people as much in the gym when I see them doing training because there might be a reason that they're not doing certain things um, so yeah that's the that's not really a philosophy or a system but I do think bodybuilding unlike unlike powerlifting there's not really a system to do because it's so individual whereas I can understand how powerlifting it's like right if you need to get a stronger overhead press you just fucking work your overhead press and like small off squats right you just fucking squat because you need to get a better squat whereas with bodybuilding it's not really as simple as like I'll follow this system to get bigger shoulders it's like well what if you're training shit what if you can't train shoulders what if you're pathetic the reason that they're so bad is that you don't know how to train them properly you don't isolate your delts you just use your traps or whatever and there's these elements to it that I think Again, the, the stock answer is, oh, if, you're, if you've got a, a weak body part that's your chest, train your chest more. And then you speak to them. It's like, well, I already train my chest three times a week. Well, then you're not training it properly. And then you have to go back to the, answer, the execution of the lift. Whereas when you're doing small off, it's just, well, just squat, right? Just do more squats yeah, and you're going to get stronger right? squats. And, and unfortunately, just doing more chest doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get a bigger chest because you may not be training it effectively through all the range of motion, all this sort of stuff. Whereas doing a squat it's like fairly obvious if you've got a shit squat you're not gonna do small off um so i think it's a bit harder to do like systems per se because in powerlifting you're chasing a number so it's a bit easier to kind of go right well i just want to get stronger so the number on the bar is what it is whether you're whether you're using your quads or your glutes or you're maximally stimulating certain parts of your legs doesn't really fucking matter you're just trying to get the bar up 
Whereas a bodybuilder is trying to actually go, right, I want to grow my quad, not my glutes necessarily. So I want to focus more on my leg press being quad dominant rather than just moving the, moving the, the, the machine. So yeah, it's, it's definitely more about that. The more I'm learning, the more I'm using it on myself, the more I'm training clients, it's, I don't care what load I'm lifting because I'm benching at the moment, probably the lowest maybe I've ever benched, but my chest isn't the smallest it's ever been. It's the biggest it's ever been. So it doesn't always correlate to like lifting heavy loads. So that's why I think the systems thing is a bit harder to do with bodybuilding. I agree. It was interesting maybe. you said that about the, uh, about the volume thing though as well and quality sets. Cause I think we were at fault of that when we used to train as well and just be like, yeah, I got to do that, 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 that. And you look at through my days now and I'm on essentially what is an upper lower. And with my lower, I've got like cause and carry stuff in, but I'm doing 15 sets a day and that is it so i got basically three working sets on my main and then it's just fours 15 yeah so four 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 on my other sets like working sets wise so pretty i know only four exercises i think people might be like oh so boring um but yeah it just it's just quality time underneath a bar or with a dumbbell um doing something i feel that obviously that top set might like my main exercise i would have had two kind of warm-up-ish like sets but to reach the weight that i'm hitting but apart from that mm. yeah i just think fairly, it's like i like I, like, I, like I said to my legs like i i really had a good leg session and i didn't lift that much heavy load i just focused on form and execution and like my legs are fucked you know so it's it's not yeah i just think that there's a perception that you have to just be doing like 20 sets of 20 reps you know in a session and You've got to do Kai Green's chest blaster, which, trust me, Kai Green doesn't even do Kai Green's chest blaster. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think it's 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 interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff like drop sets, pyramids, ladders, paused reps. There's, there's, like, with, with half the, there's, there's like zero point worrying about that until you can execute the lift because, again, with I mean, drops, it's, it's all well good doing it, but if you're doing a drop set just for the sake of doing it and you're actually not using the muscle you're supposed to be using, you're just wasting energy and time. Well, I, I purposely put that post out today, which I did three lower body uh, movements, but I did them all slow and controlled. Yeah. Just, I, I was kind of making a point that it's like they're all, they're, all they're doing is just being slow and controlled and, uh, and executed okay. Um, yeah. That was all I was trying to achieve by all of those movements. Not trying to rush them and blast them and try and really burn it. I was just like, nah, I'm going to complete it. Full range of motion. It's yeah. going to be fine. I'm going to do it well. I'm going to leave a little bit in the tank, but I've done my training. Um, yeah, I wasn't shot to pieces after doing those three things. Well, GHR and then supplementary some like single leg runners and some Cossacks. But yeah, the other thing as well is I hate looking at like you know when you get to start a session you look at it and go oh for fuck's sake like <laughs> when you look at it and go I've got to do squats RDLs leg press leg press leg extension hamstring curls like if I was doing four or five sets and every single one of those I'd I'd have just gone fuck that shit yeah. because you go right I've only got to do two sets but then when you look at it and go fuck me there were two hard sets though but it looks easier to get your head around it and you're like well no I'm going to attack it because I've only got two sets so I've got to do them properly whereas when you do four. You just kind of go first set, oh, God, I've got to go up in the weight because that was quite easy. And then you kind of go, fuck, I've got to do three more of those. And it's that whole thing of like, you don't want to go into training thinking, fuck, I'm, I'm going to hate this. You've got to enjoy it. So for me, I know how much volume I've got to do. I know what the way I'm, I'm going to train now. And yeah, it's very individual to people. Like, it's very, very individual. Some people like doing more sets. But yeah. my view of it is that, it, yeah, 
I'm getting fucking old now, but quality over quantity. <laughs> 100%, yeah. I, 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 people can bash themselves when they're young, it's fine, but I think there'd probably be more time spent completing a movement really fucking well. So, yeah. which is, it's fine. It's probably what a lot, a hell of a lot of people, we're probably preaching to the wrong people, mate. We're probably, probably. listenership, listenership probably. are fine. They probably do it absolutely fine. They don't post stupid videos that we'll probably troll um, if we if we knew about it. But yeah, because um, all of you are fucking intelligent. So it's how you find this podcast. But I think that's enough content, mate. Because uh, like I said at the top, we, we listed ice creams, but my fitness pal put uh, a blog post up, which I wanted to rip apart, but... Um, not rip apart, just I've got my own opinions that are different to theirs, basically. <laughs> um, it and you're was, right and they're and wrong. I'm, I'm right and, and whoever did that was wrong. Um, yeah, what, is it? what was it? Um, it was on condiments. It was, what really is your favourite condiment? So basically they're piecing out that it's like barbecue season, you're going to have, it's condiment season, apparently, definitely condiment season all year round in my house. Yeah, as love as a condiment. Say, it's just different types of condiments. <laughs> um, so they were very, um, so they, I think they tried to give it like a healthy thing and like, yeah, this is sugar, high fructose corn syrup or whatever. Mm. Don't give a shit about that. Just want to know how it tastes, right? Yeah. Yeah, fine. So we, I think the runners, runners and riders, mate. So I think we've got to go... Like win a place show, give me a top three. Of uh, let's just list them right now because we too hard, mate. To pick three, hundred percent. It's not. Yeah, on the spot, mate. Come on, man up. All, All right, right, barbecue season for condiments. Then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go so barbe- let's, for let's, barbecue. Let's list them through, mate. Because we got to we got to put them out there. Because you can't just be like, ooh. As we go, you can kind of slot them into a list. Yeah. So All we right. got we got ketchup. Yeah. So barbecue sauce. Barbecue sauce. Does barbecue sauce like beat out ketchup? In my opinion, yeah. Yeah, same. Okay, so barbecue goes right to the top. Perfect. This is easy, mate. Uh, mustard. American or English? Um, let's go American first. Americans up there, yeah. Americans up there. Above ketchup? Oof, I don't know. Depends what you have it with, you see. This is what I mean. This is not as easy as just going top three. Yeah, like, no, no, but this is what we're doing, mate. This is the, this is the task I'd in hand. Put, I'd probably put mustard above ketchup just because it still goes with barbecue. Nah, you're wrong. So uh, mustard's below ketchup. Good. Oh, English it? mustard. Right. Uh, no, it's too It's, it's too, too like, weird, isn't it? What too the French, strong. French one. What about, what about garlic mayo? Ooh, garlic mayo. That goes up to the top of barbecue. That's sauce. right there. That's like level with ketchup, I think. That's... No, it's not. It's got to be. Oh, it's, it's second, it's, mate. No, no, 100% not. Because bringing your argument, yeah, it depends what you have it with. You're not having garlic mayo on fucking burger. Yeah, with with barbecue sauce. What? Oh, <laughs> barbecue sauce. And cheese. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um. All right, what about like onion chutney? Onion red onion, chutney. Onion, red onion. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's that's great. That's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a classy mayo. condiment though, isn't it? Like, it put is, that mate, up yeah. there. That's... See, I wouldn't have like, I, I wouldn't even entertain the idea of Salad cream, like fuck off. That's not salad a condiment. Cream's that's just not a, that's, that's that's bottom of the list, straight. Yeah, that never comes into the equation. Blue, like blue cheese sauce, is that a condiment or is that a sauce? Blue cheese is a, is blue cheese is a condiment, right? It's a dipping substance yeah. that you can have exactly. with have, like, like buffalo wings, wings a... right? So, but where where do you place that? So at the moment you've got like barbecue sauce, then you've got onion chutney, and then mustard, ketchup, or American mustard, like, garlic mayo up there, garlic mayo about? up there. Sorry. Normal mayo is probably pretty much up there. This is what I mean, is it, Thomas? We can't mayo, do this on the fly, that. mate. We can't do this on the fly. <laughs> We're doing it. We're grouping them. Um, mustard mayo is pretty good. 
Um, I think the only other thing I'm thinking now is like, what about nacho cheese sauce? Is that a condiment? Because you'd have that with like again, like chips or chips wings or I don't know, like. I'm rolling. No, it's cheese. No, but yeah. then blue cheese yeah. is cheese. But it's a sauce though. It's like sauce. sauce. In it. But blue cheese sauce is fucking rank. So not fun. Oh no, I wouldn't have it in the list. I no. just was throwing it out. <laughs> Um, uh, like sriracha, ranch, ranch dressing. You got ranch and good. sriracha. Sriracha. I just had some sriracha, like uh, beef. Uh, I'm not so. a, not a fan of hot. You're not. No. You got like, and it, you could go on the posh side of ketchup and have like some uh, salsa. I think. For, so I've decided my all round because for all rounders, for all rounder ability, I'm going barbecue sauce, garlic mayo, and American mustard. No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm going barbecue <laughs> sauce. Barbecue sauce, garlic mayo, red onion chutney. I'm going those three. Because they, they, on a barbecue, they're going to go with everything. Everything. And everyday life, everyday life, it becomes now ketchup, mustard. Because you can't have garlic mayo every day because you'd be fucking the size of a house. I would be the man of it, I yeah. um, in one go. Um, red onion chutney might still be there, actually. you got like hot sauce, horseradish. No, I'm not a fan of horseradish. I live without no. that. Curry sauce. Burger sauce. They're not condiments. We're just getting stupid. <laughs> Dijon. Uh, no, Dijon, yeah. no. Whole grain mustard so, as well. It's like, nah, it's just not. Oh, mango chutney. It is great, but they're kind of within. It's not an all rounder, is it? Either, it's, it's not a very... condiment, it's just a side dish. It's not a condiment. Onion Indian. chutney is, but mango chutney isn't. Yeah, but it's too specific. <laughs> teriyaki. Oh, that's good, isn't it? Teriyaki. Fuck. Tartar. Soy sauce. Where's soy sauce? Soy. But then these oh, are these God, are getting like Worcester. Kind of yeah, this is crazy. But yeah, I think you go. You got all of those, but you're gonna go. Yeah, win a place show then, mate. Come on, all of those. I think I'm gonna go barbecue. Has to be a winner because I'll literally. I think have we it. agree. We both agree. Barbecue is barbecue is, is, is the top. Is the top. And don't get bullshit with me if you go, oh, what about spicy barbecue, smoked barbecue, just fucking barbecue sauce. Like, smoky's yeah, fine. Yeah. They're all the fucking same. Um, and just for pure taste, mate, garlic mayo has got to be all there. Fuck. Incredible. We'll let you have garlic mayo. So we're going winner, barbecue, place, garlic mayo. And I think we'll get ridiculed if we don't put, I don't know, ketchup there. I just think ketchup's too standard. It's too, like... I think it's wrong. I do like a bit of ketchup. I do like but... I give it a bit of ketchup, but then then I only would have it with like a hot dog. But I have to have with mustard with it. And like if I, I, have if, it with I a if I had like a, a really nice, it. amazing burger, I'd want. If I had like a smokestack, you know, whatever, proper like burger, burnt ends, pulled pork, everything. I'd want barbecue sauce and garlic mayo with it, not ketchup. <laughs> yeah, I generally don't order ketchup in a in a place. Um, and I'm all right. So I think this is where we're going to differ because I fucking love buffalo sauce. Like with I just don't like wings. hot stuff though. So I'm, you I, don't like that's, hot that's stuff. So I'm going to go hot and go buffalo. Mm. What's your first? I just think like, do you know what ketchup is? Ketchup is like the Phil Neville of condiments. It's just it'll there, turn it? up and it'll do a job, but no one's going to pick it fucking first time. James Milner. Yeah, it's just yeah, James Milner. Yeah, like yeah. no one really is going to bother. Um, 
so you know you've got Harry Kane as your barbecue sauce right he's your <laughs> one he's your man we've lost so many people in the football stuff <laughs> Raheem Sterling Raheem Sterling's your garlic mayo like when he turns up he fucking turns up you know what I mean but you don't have him all the time because he's a bit inconsistent <laughs> you know how it is um, anyway there you go you didn't come up with your, what was number three? Oh, my number three red onion chutney red onion chutney okay cool yeah, yeah. I know you have that if you differ to our list, we'll post them up, mate. We'll put them in the group because people have lists. Better write them down, to be honest. So we're going to keep listening back. So, but yeah, I think that's any. Um, I guess you've got a uh, little thing this weekend. Masterclass, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so a little training workshop. Um, I think there's actually two spaces left if anyone that actually hey. really wants to all the way. I know it's short notice, but um, it's on the Teambox website if you are interested. Um, but yeah, no, that's on Sunday. So yeah, I'm spending my bank holiday helping people train better and going over all that sort of stuff we just talked about, really. Um, and yeah, if you want to uh, watch more of me rather than listen to me, then you can watch Biceps and Banner on YouTube. I mean, I am the more attractive one out of me and Tom. So if you wanted to watch, like, <laughs> yeah. be me, you would want to watch. Um, Obviously. Yeah. I've never seen uh, Dan post so much about one thing uh, in my life. Honestly, he's not <laughs> non-stop about it. <laughs> it's like it, it, it's you have to though. You have to remind people that it's out there. No. People forget, you know, people, they forget. Like absolute, yeah. Like I, I'm just like I'm so proud of my. I'm that sounds really bad now, but I'm so proud of my editing skills. Like I love doing it. It really. I, I did really, enjoy you put like twat on the front of like people's faces. Or yeah, yeah. yeah was, like we just take the piss. Like it's yeah. just taking the piss. Like it's it's not like hard to watch. It's really easy to watch. Um, it's somewhat entertaining. Yeah, it's just quite good fun. But I'm quite, yeah, the editing, I'm getting better at the editing stuff now, so it's quite yeah, good. you can do the podcast. Nice. Oh, yeah, fuck that shit. <laughs> just, these are 45 it's on minutes. a fly, in it? Yeah, it's fine. Um, I think we'll break there. Um, hang on, you don't edit anything out, anyway. You just go start, just go, stop, start, send it out. Bam. <laughs> well, I don't know, when Dan's uh, fucking paused and his head just stops moving, then we have to do something. It's fine. Yeah, but, fine. yeah, I haven't got any news. We're all good. Um, I think we'll just thank everybody for fucking listening and uh, go share it out every way you can. Um, yeah, share it with everyone. <laughs> everyone. All right, we, that was episode 120 Fuck in the we've books. We've done a lot of episodes, haven't we? We have done a lot of episodes. <laughs> It's a bit ridiculous, really. It's getting there. It's getting there. Oh, yeah. hundred, Probably at least over 100 hours worth of uh, absolute gold. Definitely haven't repeated yeah. ourselves once either. So. No, never. No, no, no. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Um, thanks for listening, and we will catch you next week. Catch you later.